Welcome back to the Allegheny CareerCast. In this episode, I sit down with real estate agent and investor Ricardo Gonzalez of Remember Gonzalez Realty Group. Ricardo has seven plus years working in the industry and shares what he has learned through his experiences in real estate. This is a really good one because I think real estate is a hot topic. So any light we can shed on the career aspect of real estate investing and being an agent is going to be good. Hope you enjoy. Real estate is something I feel everyone talks about and everybody is a part-time real estate agent or a part-time <laughs> investor. And I'm not like that at all. Like, it's, I guess sometimes when I see videos, I'll be like, I think about it for like second and I'm like, there's no way it's that easy. And then I just go about my day. Right. So, I mean, what are the realities of working with real estate? Cause I don't think it's that easy. So, so what, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. So you're on the money. One, it's not that easy. And two, everybody has opinion about real estate. It doesn't matter where you go. Um, I find it funny that every time I go to an event or I go to a function, I don't even anymore announce that I'm an agent, you know, or that I work in real estate. Because I'm always curious of what the other people are going to say, you know. And mm-hmm. it, it, it goes into this conversation where people are now the expert in real estate and interest and down payment and these programs. And I hear them and it's funny how one person will start talking about it and the other people start believing into what he's saying or he's saying. And then when I ask the question, I'm like, oh, okay, so are you in real estate? They're like, oh no, I just like watch the news or what I saw on TikTok. And I'm like, wow, you just totally fucked up this person in their choice of what they were going to do with this bad information, you know? Yeah. So I find that funny, but no, real estate is not easy at all. Um, sometimes I, I tell myself, like, why did I get into this business? Because I mean, it does take a lot of time and money to get something going to where it does become like an actual career, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, I think, the most the thing that people get confused about real estate is you hear people saying, okay, um, I work 60 hours, 80 hours in real estate. And the main reason why people say that is because you have to work in the business at the same time work on your business. And not a lot of people understand what that means. Working in your business is basically you're out looking for clients. You're out looking for the next opportunity, you're out looking for homes, you're out negotiating contracts. That's in the business right there in the mor- in the moment that you know that you're going to actually make some money and help a family out. Working on your business is basically at nighttime, making sure that, hey, was I time efficient with what I was doing? Did I set enough appointments? Am I managing my money right? You know, it's the system and models that take place to make yourself better so that at one point you could go home after putting 40 hours. Does, does that kind of make sense? So the best example is a normal job. People work from eight to five. When they go for an interview, they tell them, hey, this is the job. This is what you're going to be doing. They kind of explain them their tasks. They show up at eight in the morning. They know exactly what they're going to do. And then at five o'clock, they go home. They don't have to worry about that job anymore. In real estate, you're your own boss now. 
So if you're not part of a team and if you're not part of a brokerage that kind of gives you those debts, it's up to you now to figure it out. And most people are trying to figure that out and they're not helping clients. So then what's going to happen is they're going to go broke at one point, you know, because they're over here just thinking about the business and they're not putting that much action. So then it's not going to be balanced. If that if that kind of makes sense, if I don't know if I kind of answered your question there. Yeah, because I, I people have, <clears throat> I mean, you brought up uh, social media. Reality TV is another thing that gets my blood boiling. It's so unrealistic that you're going to find. I mean, even in San Antonio, huge, like one of the biggest cities in the country. Like you're, like you would assume that you could just throw a rock and find a good property. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you're not just going to walk out there, find a house, flip it, make 50,000, find another house, flip it. Like there's no way it works like that. And I mean, you've been in, you've been doing this for more than 10 years, right? So you more than anyone, that's why I wanted to bring you on the show. Cause like, why would I want to talk to somebody that just started and was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like I'm out <laughs> here doing this. Like, so what do you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, to correction, I've been doing this for seven years and even seven. myself with, with my expertise, like I still haven't done my first full flip, if that makes sense, because mm. it is time consuming on when you're, when you're looking into an investment property, because not only do you have to make sure that you're managing the money, right? You're actually looking at the right property. You are aware of the risks, not only in the funds, but in the material in the home and when you're going to rent it or when you're going to sell it. So there's a lot of things in play that you really have to focus. And if you don't have the right people, you could lose money. You could lose money. So I'm the type of person I was like, okay, let me understand more of that process before I were to do that. So if someone was to tell me like I'm a first time investor, I typically tell them, okay, have you ever bought just a home in general, like your own property? And when they tell me no, I'm like, I would suggest first then buy your first property, like your own home so that you could at least understand that process. Um, I don't recommend just diving in and trying to buy a flip or try to buy a rental property because from my experience, it doesn't work out nicely. And like you said, it's social media. Um, I think we were having the conversation last time, like Netflix, they have all these wonderful TV shows and they show you all the pretty scenes of when they're out eating with clients, drinking with clients, talking about like, I got the offer. They don't show you the back end of how long it took to get that offer. You know, they don't show you the struggles of that offer fell apart. You know, they don't show you the struggles of when the client's upset with you and they don't understand what you're doing behind the scenes. They don't show none of that. They just show the glam about that. Um, and that's the misconception that a lot of people here in San Antonio have. They think it's so easy and they could just jump in and it's not even like that. So, um, yeah, like I teach, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned to you before, I teach two classes for a lot of agents here. And the number one class that I teach is following up with clients. And I tell them it's not sexy. It's no one would ever make a TV show of me following up with clients and just giving great customer service because then they would just be filming me in this office all day and it would just be boring. That's why that show wouldn't sell. The, the best part of the show would be when I'm actually showing homes, but then that's not really where the money is. The money is in customer service, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it sounds like I like what you said about <clears throat> uh, buying a home first, or at least understanding how that process works. Because, you know, my in-laws had, went through buying a house here in San Antonio, and they got this was back when like everyone was buying a house because the interest rate was like two point whatever. Yeah, and they got like bought out by they got beat out by cash offers left and right. And hearing you say that, I'm like. I mean, imagine if they were trying, they needed to make money, mm -hmm. like on those properties they were trying to, you know, get. Exactly. Then they I, lost, they didn't get any of it. Exactly. That that would have been a bad decision move right there. And yeah. I, I think um, one of the questions that you had asked me is like, what's the difference between a real estate agent and an investor? So mm -hmm. depends on what you're talking about, because again, I have a property right now, for example, that one of my clients badly needs to sell their home, right? And the property is not in great condition. Now, I currently have it on the market for a certain price where I'm going to still get them top dollar for this property. Compares to an investor, if they didn't have me, that investor would have just lowballed them and kind of just undercut them by twenty to 40000 20 to 40,000, that's life changing money. But an investor is thinking about his opportunity, not thinking about the people that need the money and how that could impact them. So, this is where I tell people that if they're looking to, to sell a property, they should always try to get an agent. It doesn't even have to be me. I don't even care if they don't use me. I just want them to get someone that's going to protect them because we're talking about life changing money that an investor doesn't care about them, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I see investors is when they're buying properties and they're not being represented and they're just dealing directly with the seller. They're only looking out for one person and that's them, not the actual person. Um, so I don't know if that helps of the difference of an investor. Now, again, I get it. I understand where the investor's mind is at. They're, they're, they're trained to buy low, sell high, just like in stocks and just like in real estate. Uh, we're talking about the market in 2020. We were getting, we were seeing people offering a hundred thousand over asking price, you know, and a lot of buyers missed out on opportunities of like, damn, like these people are paying a lot of money. You cannot be upset of the seller for taking advantage of that market, you know, because again, that's what we teach them. We teach them to buy low, sell high, you know, at that moment, I understand the frustration from the buyer because they're overpaying. But again, if we were to turn the tables around and he was a seller, he would have been doing the same, you know, selling high. And then he would try to buy at a low time again. So it's just where in the market you sell in is in the market you buy in is the way I see it. So, so you, you mentioned you've been doing this for seven years. Uh, it's uh, how long does it take to understand the business of real estate. I just, you know, when we started the show, I was saying, you're not just going to wake up one day and, you know, I'm a real estate agent and I'm closing deals left and right. How long do you think, how long do you think it takes to understand, you know, everything that goes into it? So the, the way I would say the best answer depends on the person. Number one, what they teach you in the class, what you learn in the books is nothing compared to real life. In real life, it's more actual conversations with the other person of making the deal work. Um, but as far as how long one would take, 
it actually depends on the agent because you could have two agents and one close five deals and didn't learn anything from their mistakes. They just think that they did okay. And you could have an agent close 35 deals and learn a lot from those mistakes and from those achievements, you know? So I think if I'm speaking for myself, it took me about two years to fully understand of what's truly going on in the business. But again, I had a, every time that I helped out a family, I had to sit down and see, okay, what were the wins? What were the lows? You know, how can I make this process better? I was always thinking about it, customer service. What, how can I provide better customer service? Because if I provide more customer service, then they would refer me more business. So then I would be out of the rat race of always looking for new business. That's, that's kind of my mentality of how I looked about it instead of a one and done. Help a, help a family buy, goodbye, best of luck, go find a new client. You know, that that's not the route that I wanted to go. Um, so it all depends on the person of what their overall goal is and how they want to perceive real estate, in my opinion. What's the career outlook kind of, in your opinion, right now with real estate? If somebody wanted to take a stab at it is this a good time a bad time is there a bad time so in my opinion if they truly want to get into real estate get into real estate there people regardless of the interest rate people still need to buy homes because every person has a different situation you know some people at this point with the high interest rate there's still buyers out there that just finally got fed up and want to buy a home and want to stop throwing away rent so there's gonna there, we need agents out there to help those people out. Same thing with sellers. At this point, you know they know that they're gonna buy a home with a higher interest rate, but they still need to sell right now, which means we still need agents to help those sellers out. It's just that the agent has to be willing to do their part, if that makes sense, and be willing to do the dirty work. Now, right now with this market that it's in the change, I do believe a lot of agents are gonna give up. And the main reason they're going to give up, it's because it's going to be more work than what they anticipated. You know, they're going to have to do more sacrifices. And what I mean about sacrifices is less time watching TV, less time with the family, less time with the activities that they were used to, you know, because now it's going to take double work to make the same amount of income. For me, that's perfectly fine because I already made the personal choice that this is my lifestyle. This is my job. This is my career. So I know that I have to put in the work in order for me to be successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, too. It depends on, I mean, somebody could look at this as an opportunity, right? So let's say five years down the road, it gets easier. You could say, you know, I joined when it was super hard and it's been downhill ever since. Exactly. So. So, and that was like me when, when I got into this business, it was like the market right now where it, the average days on the market to get an offer, took about 45 to 55 days, you know? So I, I got into the market where we were doing price reductions. I was in the market where you had to talk to your sellers in a certain manner. It's like, look, this is a great fair offer. You know, this is, this offer will get you to where you need to be. Remember? So it was having those hard conversations that when the market completely changed in 2019 and 20, I was just like, okay, now it's super easy if that makes sense. Cause anything you put up there, it's going to sell, you know, that was the market in 20, in 20, uh, 2019 and 2020. 
now it's changing again to where like, okay, I remember what that market was. So to me, I don't, I'm not in panic mode, if that makes sense. Um, but for a new agent, I see it as it's still a leveling field, you know, because some of the agents that were used to the, the market in 2017, 2016, probably forgot those ways. So now they're in an equal playing field with a brand new agent that doesn't know better. That's kind of how I see it. So at this point, why be scared? You know, you could take me of having experienced seven years. I made up just put the foot off the pedal can be at the same level as a new agent that just started three months ago. So what's the worst that could happen? We both compete for the same client and he might win just because he wasn't scared. And I was just like, uh, I just forgot my ways. Can you spot a bad real estate agent? Like what, what are some tips you can give some listeners or viewers? Um, because you know, you're not bound at least as far as I understand, you're not bound to some agent that you find or you may be stuck with. Right. Correct. I would, I would never want to be stuck in a house like two months in being like, man, I really got taken. Yeah. Um, the way I would explain if you could find a bad agent would be the advice they're giving you. You know, um, are they being genuine with you as far as when they kind of describe the home? I kind of tell my clients that I am never going to force you into the house. I'm never going to sell you a house. I'm the type of person I was like, okay, you're probably looking at the kitchen. You're probably looking at the cabinets. You're probably looking at the granite. I'm kind of looking at other things of like, okay, does this home have foundation issues? Does this home have roof issues? And then at the end of the home, instead of me trying to talk to you about like, yeah, the floor plan really works for your family. Yeah, like the kitchen works out. I'm more like, okay, let's think about what could go wrong with this home. Would we be prepared in a year from now if there was a, a, a roof issue? You know, because again, we can't protect the future. So I kind of start giving them worst case scenarios. And if they're kind of like, okay. I mean, I, I could I could deal with that. Then that's when if they say I want this home, then I make it happen. But at the end of the day, I gave them all the information I could so that they could make the best decision for them and their family. So that's kind of how I would say you could kind of spot a good agent and an agent that's just looking out for themselves. If they're describing the home in a different manner, if they're trying to sell you the home or give you information to make a better decision. You know, one of the goals of this show is to inform and educate. So what are, you know, we're talking about buying houses, buying homes. What are some things that impact home ownership um, or that can impact, you know, the buying process? I know we spoke before about, you know, changing jobs at the wrong time or um, I don't want to say at the wrong time, but, you know, you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's many things that could impact. So one is is job history. A lot of people wait to purchase a home because they're trying to find the right time and there is no right time but now you know because again you never know what your job might do i have a perfect example i have this friend that i've been telling them like hey we should we should look into purchase a home because right now you've been at this job for three to four years you know what's holding you back you know and they kind of were like oh well you know, it's monthly payment. So then we would sit down and talk about it. But then out of nowhere, they got let go. You know, so now they got let go. They're trying to find new work. And the thing is, if they find a different line of work, 
And if they decided in two weeks saying, okay, I want to buy a home, that's gone. That that opportunity is gone because now the lender might not qualify them because of that work history, you know, because it's an unstable job that the lender cannot feel comfortable giving you that loan. Another thing could be credit. I get a lot of time with my clients tell me I have good credit. Okay, at the moment, you might have good credit, but what if something were to happen in the next two months that you max out all your credit cards for whatever reason? Then your credit score just went down the drain, you know? What if you got identity theft? You know, there's so many things that could happen that could delay the process of you getting a loan. So it could be your job history. It could be credit. It could be your finances. You know, I get a lot of people saying that, okay, I have 15000 saved up. Great. Let's use that money right now to buy a home. But they decide to wait three months down the road. They get in a car accident. They don't have medical insurance and now that 15,000 went into that you know so so many things could happen in that manner um or they get married you know they get married and then now they're trying to use combined income and one person doesn't have the credit or one person doesn't have the income that could be a setback too you know so it's it's little things like that that i would wish people would just take the 10 15 minutes to sit down with an agent and just ask a couple questions like, hey, you know, this is my situation right now. Would I be able to buy? And if the answer is you could, jump on it. Don't wait, you know, because, again, we cannot predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. But we all know that the best investment is buying a home. It's very predictable of what could happen with your money compared to gambling, compared to stocks. We don't know the next day of what's going to happen if you gamble or if you play the stocks. Yeah, and kind of like what's going on now is once every however often, and also people have kind of seen this coming, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but even right now, statistically, we're still in a seller's market. We are. You know, um, our inventory is not extremely low, but it's not where it needs to be to be considered a buyer's market. You know, right now, we do have a tons of buyers that need homes, and we have less homes. It's just buyers are taking a little bit more cautious just because of the interest rate. But if you were to look up the numbers right now, they should buy. Right now, there's opportunity for them to get good deals. Um, and again, sellers are still going to get a good amount of money. Like they're not going to be under, you know, unless their situation is different. But okay, compared to selling three months ago, they could have gotten an extra 20000 That would have been an extra, keyword extra. You know, they're still going to get what they wanted originally. So what's wrong about that? Would you say there's less competition now, like to being in the market, right? Like the high interest rates are pushing, like it's not as competitive as it was before, or is that irrelevant? So right now, in my opinion, people are getting a lot of bad information and it's Having the buyers thinking, okay, the best time for me is to wait, you know, when the interest rate drop. And what's going to happen is let's put a number. You have We have right now 7,000 buyers right now that could buy, correct? And let's just say we have only 3,000 homes. What's going to happen is these 7,000 buyers are going to listen to the bad news and then wait for the interest rate to drop. And when the interest rate drop, those 7,000 buyers are going to go home shopping and find out there's only $3,000 homes, you know, 3,000 homes. 
it's going to create again the multiple offer situation. They're going to go back to paying 15, 20,000 over asking price. They're going to go back to, okay, I'll take the house as is, no repairs. And when you do the math, it would have been better for them to buy right now with the high interest rate, gotten repairs, paid asking price or less, and then refinanced in six to one year. You, you see what I mean right there? Like, it's that just. That was another thing I was going to bring up about refinancing. Mm-hmm. Like let's say let's the scenario being it's a good house it's your I don't want to say dream house because that doesn't exist but like there's a house that checks I think we've got seven out of ten is that the number correct seven out of ten checks if it checks seven out of ten and you get it at five these are just numbers because mm-hmm. it's easy yeah five percent you know maybe that's super high right now to you the buyer six to twelve months refinance if it comes back down like. You know, four percent. It's all about opportunity, right? Like, exactly. Um, so I think you bring up you know, buyer. Buyers need to understand, I guess, more about the market, which ties back into having an agent that you can actually trust and tell you the truth. And then you know, exactly. And and one question that I always like to ask, you know, people when they get these informations, or one thing they should ask the the agent, you know, are they a homeowner? A lot of people don't do that, you know, ask the agent, are you a homeowner? Because I like to see it as like, how are you going to listen to it's It goes back to like, you know, someone trying to tell you how to lose weight and they're overweight. You know, would you really trust their, their, their information, you know? Um, so when you know, when someone's a homeowner, they speak from their personal experiences. I like to see it like that. Um, I would say just, Taking advice is free. What do you have to lose? Just talk to an agent, hear them out. And if you feel like, okay, what he's telling me is kind of a little bit bullshit. Like if you get that sense, go sit down with another agent, go interview agents and see what they tell you. And then finally make a decision, you know, but again, sitting down with multiple agents is free. Even right now, if you're working with an agent and you still don't feel comfortable with what they're telling you, I would say just have a conversation with another agent. And if you do like what they say, then nicely terminate with whatever agent you have. I don't think you're bound to them unless they're charging you, but then have a conversation with who you feel comfortable working with. I wanna, we've been talking, I guess, from a buyer's point of view. I have like a seller's question. Yeah. Because this is another one. We have been thinking about redoing our master bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I know we've had conversations before. If you're going to do that, you need to take out the assumption that it's going to make your home more valuable when you go to sell. Correct. Is that, can you talk about that and yeah. maybe some other little, other little things like that, that people do that they're like, oh, cause when we bought the house, they had done like a $30,000 kitchen renovation or whatever. And I remember briefly they were like, but we put 30,000. It's like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you 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 put in the thirty thousand because at that moment you were gonna enjoy that thirty thousand. You walked into that home, like you saw the worth in it. So exactly, when you're gonna do a mod a modification to your home and you're gonna drop some dollar, do it with the intent that this is gonna make you happy. You know, don't do it with the intent that I'm gonna make this money back when it comes time to sell. Because remember, for all I know. There's there's only one person that liked that style when you decided on that decision, you. 
which means the other buyers, when it comes to sell, they might not like your color choices. They might not like your granite choices, your floor choices. So I would say if you're going to do it, do it as long as it makes you happy and don't expect a return. Now, you might put, you might pick some things out that other people like and it might work to your benefit. But again, that's a big what if. We, we don't know the future. And that's one thing that I want people to understand that that it's like trying to say I'm going to time the market. We don't know when the market's going to be good again. It's just just do it as long as you understand that what the risks are and be happy. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, um, do you have any advice for as far as the loans that uh, individuals apply for? Um, me being a veteran, um, I, some of my, most of my audience is probably veterans, I would assume at this point. Um, is there any tips or, I guess, kind of facts that you would care to share about that type of stuff? The biggest thing that comes to my mind is with the VA loan. I feel like there's more rules. Um, the branch is touching the house. Like, I don't. So, yeah. So, so, so as far as since we're talking about veterans, man, you'll be surprised that San Antonio is a military based city. It is. Yeah. And you'll be surprised how many veterans don't use their VA to purchase a home because, again, wrong information. Um, mm. there, and yes, there's a lot of rules, but it pays to get that information and it's going to save you so much money long term. Um, like I said, if I was a veteran, I would totally be jumping on that VA uh, and purchasing multiple houses because you guys could actually, they give you a good amount of money that you could actually buy not only your homestead, you could buy uh, an investment. It's just sitting down with someone that knows how you could do that. You know, um, so yes, I would definitely take advantage of the, the VA loan. And yes, there are rules to when you're selecting a home to making sure that there is no wood rod, there is no foundation issues, there's no uh, safety he uh, health hazard. But that's something that an agent should be able to catch on really quick when they show you the home. And again, a, a seller that's going to want to sell or needs to sell is going to do what they need to do to get the loan to close, you know? So it's going to come back to just the two agents having great conversations and just getting it done and putting pride aside, you know? And that goes back to just customer service, I feel. Um, but yes, use the VA 100%. And again, take advantage of that because that is the best loan I feel out there. And especially because you guys earned it. That's why it's out there. You guys deserve it. Um, I don't know if I answered your full question. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. I, you actually mentioned something that kind of triggered a question. Um, when it comes to from a career perspective or someone trying to become a real estate agent is you just talked about talking to the other agent because the seller has an agent too that you need to like that, those soft skills that those are the things you need to develop. You're not just going to, it's not just you and like somebody you can't see or talk to. Like you have to interact with people. You have to learn how to kind of do these little nuances. Um, was that hard for you? I mean, obviously like you're a pretty good speaker at this point, but that, that is for me, it's not hard talking to people, you know, but it's very frustrating I, also um, because you never know who's the other person that you're going to get. And to be very honest, I have lost a lot of opportunities because of the other agent. I, 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 I for real, for example, I could talk about one that just happened two months ago. 
So um, I was talking to this agent. He was interested in one of my clients' home. I was selling the property. And I was talking to the agent. And basically, I was trying to find alternative ways to get the deal done. And the agent was like, no, I'm not going to present that to my client. No, that's not fair to my client. And I'm like, wow, you are making decisions for your client. Like, you should, you're your client should be making the decision, not you, at least pass the information, pass the the opportunity. And let's see if your client is open to that. We will never know if we don't ask, you know, and I was just dealing with this one agent and she was literally texting me. I was like, no, I'm not going to present that. No. And for all we know, this could have been the deal of the life for that buyer, but never had the opportunity for all I know that could have been the buyer's dream home, but whatever the agent was telling them, or was just say, oh, no, the seller doesn't want to give it to your home. And does that make sense? It was it was just one of those pride came into place. And I feel bad for the buyer. And I've seen it happen to buyers. And I've seen that happen to seller just because of the communication between both agents. You know, and that was one of the reasons why I'm very upfront with my clients. I send them screenshots. I was like, look, I want to show you that I, I was trying to make something work. I'm never going to make a decision without you. I never want you to feel like what's behind the scenes, you know, just because, again, if I was a buyer and I had an opportunity to get that home or if I was a seller and I was able to get that amount of money and the other agent, my agent that I thought had the best interest for me fucked it up, that would kill me, you know. Ricardo, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. I mean, I, I enjoy talking with you. I think, again, Real estate is a career, job, area, industry, whatever you want to put in there that is put propped up as this is a uh, a way to get out of the nine to five grind and you can make your own schedule and do this. But I mean, this isn't a TV show. Um, it takes hard work. It takes a certain type of person. Maybe, there's no way I could be a real estate investor or, or agent. And that's just something I've accepted, you know. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. You shouldn't be getting into this to be like, uh, I'm going to get in here and make $25 million because real estate, it, just because it's real estate. No, so, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It really does. Um, it, it's not hard work, but it's a definitely mental uh, tone on, on a person because you're dealing with a lot of personalities and that could really affect people. Um but again, it, I, I don't want any, if the people listening, if they truly feel like, okay, I, I might be interested, I, I want them to still ask questions. Don't go away from it without asking questions because I, I never want people to have doubt. Ask all the questions and then make the best de decision for you and whoever is part of your life. Um, to me, I see real estate as a stepping stone. This is not the career I want to retire in, you know. I, I want to help as many families as I can, but I also know that if I help enough people get what they want, they're going to help me get what I want, which is build another passion in my life. And for, for me to get to that passion, I need funds. So real estate does allow me to collect the much funds that I need to do that. I understand that. But again, I, I have to put other people in front of me before myself. 